0: Well, hello, and uh, welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. want to join those who are joining with us as well over at our campus in Appleton and those guys over in Stevens Point. Good evening to all of you. This is the kickoff to Lent, and uh, it's a time of year in Christian tradition where it's a time of, uh, of fasting and taking a very serious look at our faith. Now, when I say fasting, people will be fasting at various levels, uh, whatever you decide on, many people have been fasting today uh, for this service, and uh, but uh, throughout this time during Lent, traditionally people will decide on giving up things, uh, usually has to do with food, <laughs> you know, something like to drink or something like to eat or maybe skipping, uh, you know, one meal a week or fasting a day a week or whatever the deal is during this time, and the reason for that is very uh, consistent with the teaching of Jesus, where Jesus taught, taught us to deny ourselves. Now, that's something we don't like to hear as Americans because we don't like to deny ourselves. I like to eat everything in front of me at all times. But uh, one of the reasons for it, the Bible teaches this very clearly, that this fleshly body that we live in actually is at war with the spiritual side of you. And if you don't take the time to pull this in and make it behave itself, it will be your undoing. And uh, one of the nice things about uh, a time like this where over the next several weeks we're going to deny ourselves something is uh, just to tell your body to shut up. And is what it is. And if you don't think it's effective, just do it and listen to what your body has to say about it. Because it tends to yell back very loudly. Ah! You know, surely I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. If I don't have that stickers bar, I need that stickers bar. Okay, that's the way we go, right? Well, it's just whatever it is, a stickers bar or your caffeine. Or some of you will be going through withdrawals for days or whatever the deal is. Or uh, you say, you know, I'm going to set aside something. I'm just going to do something to tell this to shut up. Because this does not control me. All right, the Spirit of God is what's supposed to be influencing me and directing me. They're showing me 40 minutes on the clock. I assume that it's not my, yeah, okay. More like 18 minutes. So just, I'll shut up whenever I'm ready. Okay, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> take all the time you need. Where are you going to go? You're trapped. Uh, <clears throat> now, Ash Wednesday is the kickoff to this time of fasting and denying ourselves and a time of reflecting on our discipleship. And over the next series of Wednesdays, we're going to be uh, focusing on various portions of Christian disciplines that we're going to be talking about uh, that are important in the life of of, of the Christians. We want to encourage you over this time of Lent to come and continue your discipline throughout this and to learn what the Scriptures have to say about what it means to discipline ourselves as Christians. The word disciple comes from the word discipline. There's supposed to be a disciplined element to this. Now, Ash Wednesday is a kickoff where we reflect on the mortality that we have. Uh, I want to read to you from Genesis, the second chapter, and verse 7. This is the account of of creation. And it says in verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Now there's a lot of debate that people have for whatever reason about the whole creation thing. Um, I tend to take it rather literally. I don't have a big problem with people who do not. Uh, the only time I have a problem with is if they think it was just all random. It just all happened on its own and that there was no direction and that God had nothing to do with it. That's what I have a problem with. If you want to think it took millions millions of years for a frog to turn into a chicken, fine. You know, knock yourself out. But as long as you believe that God did it, and seriously, this whole idea that all of creation just happened randomly is so patently absurd, it's difficult to comprehend. It actually takes more faith to believe that. You know, the fact that an ant would turn into an ant. The mathematical probabilities of that are astounding. Much less a cow that turned into a cow, a frog that turned into a frog, a chicken that turned into a chicken, all of it, then all of it happened randomly. The mathematical possibility is is absolutely absurd. Even to the point now that uh, some major uh, proponents and advancers of uh, evolution are beginning to admit that it's it's just not possible and that there is an intelligent design in it. It's not God. They think that, you know, aliens did it. E.T. came down and made all this happen. You know, we're programmed in. Uh, But uh, whatever people's debate is on all of this, one thing that's very clear in the scriptures is that God did tell the earth to bring forth all these creatures and all this stuff and all. And if you want to argue that this was his way of creating this series of events, fine. But the Bible is very clear that when it came to the creation of man, that this was totally separate. This was a completely different event. And God comes down and picks up dust. Now, one does not considerably put a great degree of value in dust. In fact, many of us spend a great deal of time trying to get rid of the dust in our lives and in our homes and everything else. We sweep and toss it out. We don't think anything of it. It's really fascinating that God, talk about turning into something from nothing. God, only God can do that. So he doesn't take this very elaborate thing. He takes a handful of dust, shakes it together, and creates man. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Yeah, well, he said you started that way. You're going to end that way. That you'll believe. Because you will end exactly as dust it's quite fascinating how all of this works so um, god comes and he breathes life into man man becomes a living being it is a separate event from all of the other stuff that people can debate debate about creation we did not come from chickens frogs lizards monkeys or whatever else god created mankind well as we know this the event where god sets before man a choice look, you can do anything and have anything in this garden except one thing, don't eat of this one tree. Now, is it literally tree? I don't know. I tend to assume that it was, all right? Whatever it was, it was something they weren't supposed to do. Of course, what did they do? They did it. How long did this take? My guess is not terribly long. Knowing people, about an hour and a half probably, <clears throat> and sure enough, uh, that, <laughs> actually, I have a theory But You want to hear my theory? Uh, of course you do. That's why I egg you on. <laughs> so I say, you pulled it out of me. It's not my fault. <clears throat> uh, it wasn't until after these events that Adam knew Eve in a biblical sense. Fill in the blanks. Now, all this happened before he got around to that. That's why I don't think this took very long. (laughs) Amen. I'm impressed they got around to that first. I'm I'm stunned that they got around to disobeying God before they even got to that. So I was impressed by that. Anyway, uh, it causes them to break the rules, and God warns them, if you do this, you will surely die. And of course, they did it, and mankind died in two ways. Once they died immediately in a spiritual sense. But then physically, uh, one of the uh, things that God said to them immediately after, follow, after this is was, was read in Genesis, the third chapter, verse 19, says, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. That is what we are focusing on tonight. Now, why is this important? If you continue to read in verse 22, after all of this happens, God has this discussion and says, The Lord God said, The man, I'm sorry about this stupid sort of thing making noises. What is that? Making me have the intentions, man of a fly. <clears throat> and the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and live forever. So one could argue that God's original intent was that mankind, because in in eternity, uh, the Bible talks there will be the tree of life there as well. How is that? I don't know. Something about it turns you into an eternal being. And God knew. Now, stop and think about this. At this point, God has a choice. Mankind has fallen. He can allow him, them, to take of the tree of life and now transform into an eternal being. Stop and think what that means. No sickness, no death, no physical problems. You would think that would be awesome, right? I mean, if there's one thing that breaks our heart over and over again, it's death. We uh, hate the idea of it. No one wants to think about it. Whenever we're faced with our mortality, it can be rather frightening. And even as a believer, it's a creepy thing. Nobody wants to die. Uh, Oftentimes, something bad will happen. I'll talk about that this Sunday, uh, or coming up uh, in the Sundays, but uh, about why these different things happen. Uh, But it does happen, and people die. Sometimes there's an accident, somebody dies, somebody gets sick, and dies. die, and everybody gets all upset, and oftentimes people get mad at God. God, why did you let this happen? We suffer. The older we get, the more we suffer. You know, I can tell I'm starting to get older, because whenever I get together with all my friends my age, 85% of the conversation is what hurts, why it hurts, and what we're trying to do to get it to quit hurting. I said the other day, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm getting old. That's not what everybody's talking about. Yeah, hurting. Oh, yeah, well, I got a problem with this. You know? And it's just the beginning. We're not even that old yet, Joe. Good night and, uh, and, and it'll, it'll only go on and there's the suffering and there's the physical and there's the pain and all the different things and we work hard to try and fix it and we go to doctors and to chiropractors and guys to try and fix and fight this thing this mortality and and it's amazing to me how many people actually get angry at God because all of this happens why do people die why must people suffer And I want you to know something, that right here, God made one of the most incredibly loving, kind, gracious things he could ever do. By deciding to kick man out before he ate of that tree. And the reason is, is because by keeping man mortal, he made us fixable. Every time you have an ache, an owie, a pain... Something breaks, someone gets sick, someone dies. Amazingly, in the midst of all that, we have to remember, God made, allowed this to happen so that we would stay mortal and stay fixable. If mankind would have reached out and become an eternal being, we would have not been fixable. That's why there's no redemption for Satan and for all the angels. You don't think God loves them as much as he loves us, of course. But an eternal being is an eternal being. It cannot be altered. That's why it's eternal. But by remaining mortal in this shell, this shell that starts out with all this energy and life and this vigor, and then gravity kicks in, this starts to sink down to here and everything's sagging and aching and moaning and eventually we will die. It's all an amazing gift of grace to us. Even though the fact that we remember that the reason we will turn to dust is because of the sin of our father, Adam. We must also remember that in all of this, God's internal kindness was Put towards us that because we stayed mortal he could say, send Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we might be saved the good news is this is all temporary someday these bodies will be resurrected back to life that's not good news to some people but it's gonna happen Hopefully it's in a little better shape than the way it goes out. I'm assuming hair the next time around. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but we will become, then we become eternal beings, locked forever in God's redemptive grace. Tonight as we go through this service, and Pastor Lathan's going to be directing us uh, the other campuses doing it on their own. So you guys will break away and your campus pastor will be uh, sharing with you uh, the service Reflect. I want you to reflect on the fact that we are mortal. We're not mortal because God hates us. We're not mortal because God has abandoned us. And though we may be sick and struggle and die, and we trust God to intervene as often as possible through that process, and He does wonderfully. But the truth is, at some point, we all die. Nobody gets out of this deal alive. But this isn't something to fear. There's certainly nothing to be angry about the fact that we are in this mortal state. This is a glorious state, not because of the the state that it's actually locked in sin. And this whole thing of Lent is trying to tell this thing to shut up and remind it where its place is. But the glorious thing about this is that it has allowed God's incredible grace to be shed towards us on that cross and to redeem us and to wash forever The sin that we were born into the world with, much less all that we added on our own. Thank God for his glorious grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Tonight, as we reflect on these things, help us, Lord, to take our life seriously, to realize the clock is ticking, not to live as though eternity's not coming. Help us not to put all of our energy, all of our focus on this life, but to focus on the next. To, as you taught us, Lord, to lay up treasures, not on this earth, but in the world to come. To prepare for that which is inevitable. He is no fool who forsakes what he cannot keep to gain what can never be taken away. And during this time of Lent, we pray, Lord, that you help us to slap our physical part just a little bit so that it'll focus and, and, and we just remind ourselves that this fleshly body doesn't need to always get what it wants that it is at some level an adversary to our faith, and that it's good to fast, and it's good to make it do things it doesn't want to do things like pray and to read the scriptures, go to church, whatever these different disciplines that we put in as a way of putting this body into check. But Lord, to remember tonight as we focus on our mortality, this is all very limited. At some point, we will all return to dust. But we celebrate the fact that salvation has come to us and there is a glorious day coming when that resurrection trumpet will sound and we will all be raised for eternity to live forever in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.